0: This podcast is made possible by the generous support of the Center for Restorative Breast Surgery in New Orleans. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the BreastCancer.org podcast. I'm Jamie DiPolo, the Senior Editor here at BreastCancer.org. Our guest today is Peggy Johnson, one of the women whose story of breast cancer diagnosis and breast reconstruction is featured on the BreastCancer.org site. A former first grade teacher, Peggy was diagnosed with breast cancer in November 2009 after she became concerned about some dimpling in her left breast. She had six rounds of chemotherapy, then a double mastectomy with immediate implant reconstruction in May 2010. She then had radiation therapy. After that treatment was completed, she had new implants inserted in December 2010. At that time, nipple reconstruction wasn't offered to her. In early 2016, at her annual exam with her breast surgeon, the surgeon discovered that one of her implants had ruptured and was leaking. Peggy was told she would have to have her implants replaced yet again. Instead, she decided to have DIEP flap reconstruction, as well as nipple reconstruction and nipple tattooing in May 2016. Peggy is one of three women whose stories are featured in the BreastCancer.org video series on reconstruction after breast cancer surgery. Today she's going to talk to us about making the videos and sharing her story. Peggy, welcome to the podcast.
1: Well, thank you, Jamie. I'm excited to share with you um, during this podcast.
0: What was your first thought when the people from the center called and asked if you'd like to participate in making these videos? I was
1: really shocked. I actually was on a, um, a family reunion up in Colorado. And so I had my phone, but since we were in the mountains, I didn't have really good reception. Um, and there was this message left for me that they wanted to talk to me. And they wanted to know if I would be interested in doing um, something with breastcancer.org. Well, my first thought was, why me? I mean, why would you pick me when there's hundreds of women that go to the center and they had lots of women to, to talk to and to draw from their experience? But I was honored and I was really excited actually. And as, the, as everything progressed, I became more excited. That's wonderful.
0: So you didn't have any hesitation at all? Anything like, mm, I'm not sure I want to share all that? You
1: know, going through my journey, I've actually always been very open about it, and my thought has always been if I can help someone through their diagnosis or their journey, that I'm an open book, that I am here to share with you whatever you need to know. Not that I know, obviously, a lot, but I can share with you and maybe help you feel a little calm about what's going to be happening to you. So I was I was excited.
0: That's great. Now your husband, Greg, is in the video with you. Did he have any hesitation or concerns?
1: He actually did have a little bit of concern. Um, he, you know, since this is a national thing, he was a little concerned. He wasn't sure if he wanted to be part of it. He wasn't actually sure if he wanted me to be part of it. Um, and so, he had a little trepidation, I guess, about being on this video with me. Um, um, and I actually was a little nervous about being on camera, but I felt that if this was happening, there was a reason to pursue it. And if I could help anyone, that this was my calling. This was why I was chosen.
0: Obviously, since you're both in the video, you you calmed those nerves and concerns. and
1: Absolutely.
0: And we're very appreciative of that because I think your story will help a number of women. Now, uh, going back to your personal story, when you were told you had to have your implants replaced for a third time because one had ruptured, um, can you share with us a little bit how you made your decision to, instead of having new implants put in, have the DIEP flap reconstruction? And you know the, the thoughts, any research you did. How did how did you come to that conclusion? Well,
1: I had had repl- or implants, and I had actually had two sets of them. Um, because of the radiation, they they actually had put in a set. I was radiated, and they encapsulated, and then I put it, had to have another set. My thought was when I was um I had only had this second set for five years, and I thought, my goodness. If I've only had this set for five years, does this mean that I'm going to be set up for surgeries for the rest of my life? And I didn't want that. Um, I had actually, back in 2010, I had visited with the Breast Center. Um, I had actually gone to see Dr. Delacroze, and I was so impressed with the doctors and the staff that I, I really wanted to have the DIEP flap surgery at the time, but I didn't want to take the time off of work. I had gone through all, you know, the chemo and the radiation and the surgeries and everything. I'd taken a half a year off of work and I was ready to get back to work. And so my, um, I kind of put myself on the back burner, you know, um, and I didn't do it, but I, um, I thought, wow, you know here we have some of the best in back, in my backyard basically and i really owed it to myself to take another trip down to new orleans and i made my appointment with dr delacro um, he explained the process again to me and said i would be a good candidate to have um the diep flap surgery again and or not again but to have that done and um i was excited so you know, fast forward to today, I had this surgery, I had my second revision surgery, which is actually very typical of what they do. They kind of tweak things, make you look just a little bit better. Um, And then I had my, you know, my nipple reconstruction and 3D tattooing. And I'm so happy with the results. I wish I would have done it back in 2010. I mean, if hindsight was 2020, you know, but man, it's not. (laughs) So, um, you know, it looks very natural and I couldn't be more pleased with the results.
0: And I know in the video, you talked a little bit about how one of your implants always felt a little painful.
1: Yeah, it did. It did. It always had felt painful. And I had told my breast surgeon, this just, it hurts. It, It wasn't so bad that it hurt. Like, oh my goodness, I can't stand the pain. But there was always this, just aching little pain that just wouldn't go away. And they told me it was from the scar tissue. And so it was something that I thought, I'm just gonna have to live with. This is um, just the way it is from, you know, just the way it is from now on. And so I didn't think that it could be any better than it is. And with having the surgery done, the DIEP, flap surgery done, it feels so much better. I don't have that aching pain. So what a blessing. What a blessing.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. When the videos were being made, how did you feel when you were relating your story on camera? Did Did it dredge up any sort of emotions that you might have kept tapped down a little bit?
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. I didn't realize that those emotions were there. I really thought that I would be able to do this video like you and I are talking right now. Um, and reading my journal really just dredged up some emotions that I didn't realize were there. It was, um, so emotional for me. I think that it actually was a good thing. Um, because you tend, you maybe tend to forget a little bit. It's like you've gone through all these different things and maybe your mind wants you to forget, but really to be a help to others, it's so important to have those emotions and those feelings of how I felt right in the forefront so I could um, relate to others. I mean, I told you that I have a sister-in-law that is Just recently diagnosed with breast cancer. And so, those feelings of, um, you know, what is going to happen to me and how I felt, how I didn't want to go through and tell everybody the story again and again and again has helped me maybe help her a little bit. So, I think it's, I think. That was really important. I didn't realize, though, that I was going to be so emotional. It, I, I really, I broke down on
0: camera, and and that's all right. That's all right. Exactly. Exactly. Was that the first time you had gone back and reread your journal?
1: You know, when I was first asked to um, to do this video, I did go back and read my journal. It brought up emotions and thoughts that. I had kind of forgotten. Um, and so it was the first time that I had really read them out loud. Um, and it was, it was therapeutic, but it was also, so I guess emotional would be the word of what, what a person goes through on their journey. It was good. It really was good. Even though I broke down, um, it was good. It really was, and it was interesting to me, Greg told me afterwards, because he was listening and he said, I didn't realize that you even had a journal that you had written in, you know, and it, and it was kind of hard for him to hear some of the things that I said about him because he was there for me. He was my rock, you know, Um, but he didn't realize that I had felt certain ways and I, and it was actually a very therapeutic thing.
0: If I'm remembering right, you only kept the journal during your diagnosis and treatment and then for a little bit after, and then you stopped.
1: Yeah, isn't that, that's an interesting thing to me because I was never a journal, you know, a person that did journaling, Um, and somebody had given me a journal, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to write about this, and it was, it was so therapeutic during that time, and then... You know, I've kind of looked at that since I've done this video series. I thought, why don't I journal? It's, it's helpful in so many things that you're going through. And it definitely was helpful when I was going through my breast cancer journey.
0: Was there one part of making the video that stood out for you that you thought was particularly memorable, helpful, emotional, anything like that?
1: You know, there were a lot of really memorable parts. I can't really think of one. I mean, I was so impressed with the amount of work that went into the videos. I was impressed with the professionalism. Um, I couldn't have asked for nicer people to work with. It was it was just, I don't even know how to describe it. It was wonderful. It really was a great experience. Um, and, you know, I loved having a makeup person. That was great. <laughs> I wish she could come every morning. (laughs) Um, So, but you know what? I looked at those videos, and I looked at, um, you know, I looked at my life after breast cancer. Um, The Lord has blessed me so much. I see happiness. I see my fantastic family, and I see that you know, cancer took nothing away from me. It just was a time in my life that I went through. that I had to draw close to family and friends, that I had to be strong, and that I had to, you know, pull on my faith in God. And it was something that, um, you know, it, it was something that I did during that time. And I feel like I probably went through that journey to be more understanding to those that are going through things that they can't, they can't control
0: you know um, um
1: yeah there I mean there were so many things that um just memorable. again the professionalism and the wonderful people that I worked with was just astounding
0: something you said there about understanding and empathy do you feel yourself being more empathetic since you've gone through the whole breast cancer journey
1: Absolutely. I was always a caring person, but when you hear that somebody has breast cancer, you can really relate to how they feel. It's, you know, I remember in the past I'd hear people, oh, they have breast cancer and I'm like, oh, I feel bad for them, but I truly understand what they're going through and I hope to be somebody that they can, you know, help that I can help them with their journey.
0: I have one last question for you. If a woman came to you today, and it sounds like some have, uh, your sister-in-law, and said she'd been diagnosed with breast cancer, what would you say to her?
1: You know, if a woman, and my sister-in-law has came to me, I would tell her to pray, you know, um, to be strong, do the treatments, listen to her body. She knows her body best. Um, and to lean on family and friends for support. So many times people will say, if you need anything, I'm there for you. And really, you know, they want to help and let them help. That's that's very important. And that I would be beside her during her treatment. Not that, um, you know, I know everything, obviously I don't, but I can be a shoulder to cry on. I can be a sounding board. I remember getting upset,
0: you know, and
1: so, it's nice to have somebody to talk to, um, that I can be a resource to them, a praying friend. And, and then also that when it comes to reconstruction, that they have choices, they have choices about what, you know, what can happen to their body after the breast cancer diagnosis. Um, another thing that I learned that I think was really valuable for me is I did keep that journal, but I also kept a notebook. Um, When I was first diagnosed, they used terminology that I wasn't familiar with. I had no idea when they were talking about things and it was almost like they were talking about, you know, calculus or something that was just not in my brain. And so um, I wasn't familiar. And so what I had done is I had taken a notebook And I had written down some questions throughout the day when I was just going about my daily work and I had questions about what was going to be happening to me. Um, And that way I was prepared for my doctor's appointments. And I also wrote down things that the doctor said to me during those appointments. I, um, that was, you know, that was really helpful because all this terminology is thrown at you. They understand what they're talking about. But this was all so foreign to me that I, I didn't, I didn't understand. And so it was a, it was a way for me to, you know, find out information from different sites, different books, things like that that maybe I wasn't familiar with. Um, and it was really helpful. And you know, it just prepared me also because you go in having all these questions at your doctor's appointment and you forget. And so. I would pull out my little book and go, okay, I have this question, this question, this question too, so.
0: Well, that's wonderful. Peggy, thank you so much both for being in the videos, for doing this podcast, for being so generous and sharing your story, your time. We really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you so much. It's been an honor to be part of this and, um, you know, thank you so much for having breastcancer.org. What a blessing. What a blessing.
0: If you enjoy listening to the breastcancer.org podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to it on iTunes. It helps other listeners find our content, and your support allows us to continue podcasting. Thanks.